Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Hello and welcome today to Moms Running It. With me today I have Carolyn Dolan. Carolyn lives here in Reno with me. It's one of those degrees of separation thing where our paths probably crossed a million times and we just didn't realize it. Um, Carolyn has a website called Reno Soar and she made me laugh because it's the word S-O-A-R, not sore like you're hurt, and, which I would have never thought, but more sore like a bird. Carolyn, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you I'm, for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. And you're in school for your master's right now. Yeah, because I decided that the number of letters after my name weren't enough, so I went back to school to get a master's in science and holistic nutrition. So... Okay, so that was my next question, science and holistic nutrition. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit, because I always used a naturopath, mm -hmm. and um, I used a midwife and had my babies at home, and so mm -hmm. I love that holistic approach. What can you do with the master's in holistic, or what do you want to do with that? Well, what I wanted to do with it was actually get more um, of the science behind how nutrition facilitates healing. As a um, traditionally trained physical therapist, which is my allopathic training, okay, um, I started when I went through my own personal journey. I started to notice um, the effects that our lifestyles really have on the ability to rehabilitate after injury, either setting you up for injury or limiting your ability to fully recover. Mm -hmm. And so right. that was why I um, decided to go back, and I wanted a non-traditional program um, because I wanted. What do they say? It's something in, in um, when you go to medical school and physical therapy school, a lot of those traditional training, they say we're always like 20 years behind, right? Like to get to the mass changes and um, what, you're, what you learn during your actual training to what actually in what you do in practice and how everything changes from what you learn to what you actually practice with if you're doing it in an updated fashion, you're like 20 years behind. And so I didn't want to go to a traditional RD program. Right. I wanted to go to that holistic where, uh, and the Masters of Science, I wanted it to be scientifically based, but not necessarily driven by governmental policies at this point. Um, and so that's where I ended up at that Masters of Science in Holistic Nutrition. So it's not that it's not evidence-based, and a lot of people think that if you're going into to a naturopath or any of the alternative um, care providers that it means that it's not um, supported by evidence-based research. And I would argue that that actually is false and that a lot of what you do practice is an art, right? Like you, there's no randomized controlled study that um, for every single thing that you do. I actually would go a step further and say that more holistic alternative medicines have been around longer than allopathic. So I feel personally in a lot of ways if I go into an, an MD for an appointment and I say I'm having these issues, I don't want a Band-Aid for those issues. I want to take it back to why and where is this coming from. And well, and it's interesting because I, uh, for the most part, I agree with you. I mean, the where medicine started from is a lot of, we've gotten pretty far away from what it actually 
right it was um the where allopathic training is nowadays but um there's tremendous value in it too i mean i'm coming at it from both sides um so from my perspective there there's an integration that needs to occur right. you know it's not us against them right you know, and there's a lot of um hospitals i mean i even think it's saint mary's here in town that start to incorporate um, acupuncture I mean, acupuncture has been around forever right as a pain management tool and now they're starting to come along because now there is more evidence to support its use but i think you know everyone has to make their own personal decisions um i'm trying to find a way holistically and integratively to bring it all together because there's value in all of it and trying to communicate um so that, that's where i want i wanted to be able to bring this to my patients um, and other fellow mothers who are struggling and right. I wanted to have more information so I could really do it from a uh, evidence perspective because there's a lot of people who do go out there and um, are trying to treat you in a way that they really don't have the background I mean it happens right um, right so that's what I hope to get from that um, degree and I agree I mean I I've always done a combination of both when I had my hysterectomy my naturopath clearly didn't do that <laughs> Yeah, but she did help me physically um, get ready for that surgery ahead of time, and after that surgery followed up. and And I lived in Alaska at the time, where it's much more open. And so, um, my MD just pretty much held hands with her and worked on my case together as a whole. And that was absolutely the best way to go about absolutely. that. Surgery. So well, I think that's what yeah. I hope to bring is I just want everyone. Um, to hear the reason behind everything, you know, that right. and, and we can all just, your, integ your integrative practitioner and your allopathic, um, you know, that's the only thing I say is just, you want to find an MD who has just an open mind, who's willing to work with you. Right. Um, that's really the main criteria. Now you're taking a break from clients. Are you taking a break completely right now because you're going back to school? Well, I, not, not completely, but I'm being very um, selective with my time. Right, because right. I really want to focus. I was trying to get too gung-ho in the business, and I realized that running a business like that and still doing my physical therapy stuff is a little bit more challenging as a single person. And I am still a mother raising three young kids and trying to live the principles that I speak to in my book, Soar Into Health. And that takes a committed effort. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to focus on getting a few things off my plate before I really and then sort of redesign how I bring it back together and maybe doing um, just switching it up a little bit. Because right. like, like you mentioned, people don't come to physical therapy thinking that they're going to get a talk about what, what do you eat on a regular basis. <laughs> like that takes a lot of people by surprise. And if you're not looking for that, then it can be kind of a turn off. But that's part of my practice now, right? So... Right. And you credit your kids to a lot of this because, and now we're going to kind of, we, I've kind Absolutely. of brought up the beginning, but now I want to kind of go back to that because you do have three kids and how old are they now? Um, they are six, eight and 10. Okay. So not super young, but pretty little. Yeah. So. They're still, but they're still dependent on meals and rides and just having that support. Correct. Yeah. No kidding. And they're busy. And and you feel like without them and the situations you went through in being a mom, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have tried to improve yourself and sustain yourself, which I think as moms with kids, we, that's a struggle to balance. Um, remembering that you're still a, per, you're still a woman, you're still a yeah. wife, 
you're still uh, like a normal human being and you're a mom and how do you find balance and all of that? And that's hard without going back to school for your master's yeah. or, or running yeah. a clinical. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because in the word balance has a lot of meanings, right? I mean, and as a rehab professional, it's really important to have balance, but you know, balance is um, I found, man, I was doing these inspiration Thursdays and these quotes and, it, and I found this picture of all of these rocks um, you know, balance on top of each other. And it was like balance is, you know, the ability to catch yourself, right? Like it's a series of falling, but catching yourself. Like right. you're not really like in this balance and it's this perfect thing. You are always on the verge of falling over and it's, it's how are you catching yourself? Um, and as, as a mom, and that includes making mistakes, right? Um, and so I think, in my book, I mean, my real impetus to writing the book really was I had done all of this research and I was like, oh my goodness, we've changed our lives. I want to, and I was trying to incorporate it into my patient care, but I was like, how do I get my parents? Because the world's not changing that fast around me to keep up with this, right? And if I didn't have my kids as the inspiration, I probably would not be sticking with it as much as I do because it's important and I see how it affects them too. I see how it affects me, how it affects my husband. Mm -hmm. um, and, but that's not the absent. I mean, it's still balanced. Like you said, like, don't think for everyone's like, well, I can't do it perfectly like you. I'm like, Oh, there's no, there's no perfection over here. Like we're always just trying to make the best decisions on a moment to moment basis. And um, sometimes we get it wrong. And then, if there's a quota of mess ups, I'm pretty sure most of us yeah. at least meet, if not exceed the quota. So yeah, it, yeah. that's very true. And your book, Soar into Health, it's simple strategies to health and wellness. And you talk about a lot of your experiences. So let's go into that because there was, there was life before you, you got your degree as a physical therapist when in all this before kids? Oh, uh, it was before kids. Absolutely. Okay. So I got my uh, master's degree in physical therapy. Um, before kids and um, gosh, just before, just before we got married. Um, and then I ended up doing my doctorate um, before I had kids, my doctorate in physical therapy. Um, and then we had babies. And, <laughs> and then, then everything to play out. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, well, I had tried to get my doctoral done because I was like, I don't want to be dealing with this while I'm a mother. And then here I am back to school. So that's funny, but that is um, funny. Yeah, but no, I got all my physical therapy training and my doctorate in physical therapy before kids, for sure. So then marriage happened, your mm -hmm. practice is happening, you know, you're working as a physical therapist, and there are some things that came up, and I don't know if all of them with you came up after kids or as a result of having kids. Um, I know postpartum depression clearly is after having kids, but you talk a little bit about anxiety and meningitis fatigue were those things prior or all this is was having kids kind of the catalyst of your health um you know as i describe in the book i think the the having kids was like the thing that pushed me over the edge like i was no longer balanced like that thing just that just threw me for a loop and as i struggled to get back to balance after having my first child i never really i never really got back but when I look at the, when I look as I've learned all this stuff and I've just reflected on my personal life, I look back and I think about when was the impetus? When did this start going, going downhill? And it ha I have to say it probably was high school. 
and it was late high school when I started birth control pills. And then as soon as I went off to college, I was, you know, that freshman 15. I mean, things just started to, um, uh, nothing major. I mean, like there was, it was all normal, right? I mean, nothing, but it was probably high school where things started going awry, where I started having things and I, you know, I wasn't eating. I mean, cause I just didn't pay attention to eating. I mean, I didn't have an eating disorder or anything, but maybe I did. I mean, I was never um, diagnosed with that, but for sure, once I had my first child, um, I mean, that was where you could put some sort of name to it, right? So postpartum depression. Well, I wasn't really diagnosed with that until I was, got pregnant was my second. I was like, I can't do this again. If I do what happened after my first, like I am, you know, and that's where, okay, we'll start these antidepressants. Okay. 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 You know? Um, and that was how it was dealt with and it was all normal. Right? It is normal. And I mean, not only is it normal or expected, but then it's kind of, I feel like for a lot of women, it's kind of pushed under the rug. You don't, yeah. I, I think we're getting the internet's made everything. We're aware of everything now, but you know, you're not supposed to be sad or have an issue. You just had this child, you brought life into the world. <laughs> oh, and I, I remember talking to a friend who had just had her first baby, like, listen, it's okay if you're not in love right away. Like, this is a lot, like, you don't know what's going on. And you're like, this thing just came out of me. And I was like, listen, you know, you're going to do the right thing, but you're like, you don't know what you're doing. And like, to me, that was normal. Like, it's okay to be feeling like you are like, what is going on? Right. But, and so, you know, postpartum depression was never like an official diagnosis, but I think as I've evolved on my own personal journey, I realized, you know, what people were seeing of me was not really what was going on inside. Um, and so when I wrote my book, I wanted my kids to know that, you know, I really did. I, I mean, I love them, but that I struggle with being a parent every day. It's a, it's a stress, you know, right. but it's not that it's all bad and it's not that that's abnormal and it is okay to be sad. Right? Like I thought, well, I mean, I think there are issues where you need to get a handle, but I think ultimately what I'm coming around to with the book is here's something you can do about it that can be incredibly powerful. I'm not saying I never get sad anymore, but it's not the same. Like I, it, it's just, there are days that I have, you know, something happens and it makes me sad or I struggle with an interaction with my husband, you know, like those things happen. That's not abnormal. And you know what? I am tired and it is okay for me to just go to sleep, <laughs> you know, like, and there's, a yeah. And so there's a reason for it. And that the simple strategies, like you don't have to, like you said, it's getting to the root of the problem versus I was severely uh, nutrient depleted. I mean, through all my pregnancies, I, I was living the standard American life, standard American diet. I didn't happen to be overweight, but um, that doesn't mean I wasn't, I wasn't sick. I mean, I had all these symptoms of things that indicated that my body was just trying to do what it needed to do to survive because I was not giving it what it needed. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that because I love the nutrition standpoint. I love it. And I'm so, I'm so invested in that belief that what we put into it we're feet it's like a machine you can't if you think of it like a car and you put the wrong kind of gas in it yeah it might be okay but it's not and, and that's a very dumbed down version of everything going on in our body so from high school i understand the same thing birth control you know uh, 
same issues, maybe not a lot of weight, maybe not super overweight, maybe, but just little things. So tell me what symptoms you were feeling, even if they're not all at the same time, more. Oh, well, I mean, there was the difficulty getting, I mean, particularly after having a child, it was like just getting out of bed was such a huge effort. Um, I felt like I needed to rely on coffee and sugar just to keep me going because I was just felt just so spent all of the time. Um, I had headaches um, and, you know, I just always and then I started getting um, allergies and sinus infections all the time. I was very short tempered with my kids, um, my husband. You know, there's just, and then I did start to gain some weight. I mean, again, by the definition, my BMI was still within that healthy range, but um, I was, that's, that's primary, you know, and I struggled in social situations. Now, with this, a discovery, I'm much more of an introverted person. And so I, you know, which I love people and I love being around people, but I can like handle it for a certain amount of time. And I thought that that was some sort of problem with me, yet, it just was, I was trying to do, you know, having kids now, I have somebody with me all of the time, you know, yes, and I do know. Well, yeah, for somebody who's an introvert, that's a big deal. And like, if you don't find that protected space to rejuvenate yourself, um, it's a real challenge, you know, or it could be really isolating for others, depending on what your personality type is. So it was just, I was having a lot of symptoms and they weren't all um, illness related as much as just totally ignoring the basic fundamentals of what my body needs. And that's where, because I'd gone to school to become a physical therapist, I knew how to make things super complicated. I knew all the ligaments and how to do these movements, but fundamentally um, even the, even the joints need specific nutrients. And if you're not giving your body the basic foundation, the original title for my book was supposed to be, um, it was going to be like a mother kissing her baby and it was going to be, um, kiss principles. There was going to be something related to a kiss. Um, keep it simple, stupid. Mm -hmm. I've been talking to a lot of um, colleagues who are actually in the medical field and we just are, I'm like, you know, where did we get so far from the basic foundation? And now we're trying to raise these kids on these complicated things and we don't, nobody knows how to choose how to eat a whole food. Yeah. Nobody, you know, we just, um, we just forgot the basics. We just forgot it is all I can think of because I don't think I ever paid attention to it. And I, I also think it's really easy to get sucked in. I mean, marketing and media is, has been great since when I was watching TV in the seventies and I wanted yeah. cocoa puffs, you know, yeah. and, and we are busy and stressed out and I want it to be easy. God, I mean, can't just something be easy and, um, food seems hard if you're doing yeah. whole food and cutting it and making it yourself, I mean, and more expensive. And so freaking cocoa puffs are clearly the answer. Yep. And the answer to the sugar crash is another bowl of cocoa puffs. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think it's so hard. You're right. It is. We let, and we, I was talking to um, a cousin of mine and she, she says, you know, we live in a life of convenience. Oh, yes. And I said, well, convenience doesn't mean simple and easy actually. And we forget that. The yeah. quick answer right at that moment, because you can grab the box and that's breakfast for a week, is not simple, nor is it easy, because it creates this balloon of effect um, in the future. Maybe not immediately, but you know, like you don't yeah. notice that you ate the cereal at nine 
you don't think that your sugar load crash at 10 in the morning or 11 is associated to that because it wasn't like you got a bellyache right at 9.05, you know? And you can fix it with coffee. Yeah. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, I agree. And uh, last year, our youngest is six and in kindergarten. And they said, you know, she's really having trouble reading. And we started looking at like, well, what is she eating? Yeah. And, and we don't even do a bad job. We're very conscious of what we feed ourselves and the kids. And still it was overwhelming the volume of just sugar in everything yep. that you buy. And um, it was overwhelming. It was an overwhelming day at the supermarket to find replacements of just, and we were just doing little tweaks because for the most part, our diet is good. So yep. it, it's, it is hard to get back to those basics. So, well, and I think as a mother, like you mentioned, um, and I've written about this both in the book and I blog about it is, is the booby trap. I mean, we're all human, right? And so, people know how to play the mind tricks. You know, the reason why the grocery stores put all the produce right at the entry, like as soon as you walk in, is because as soon as you grab those healthy items, the, the market research shows that you're more likely to buy junk later on. So as you're walking through the store, you're like, I've already checked off on my healthy items, I'm just gonna grab this bag of chips. And it's just becoming aware of those things because you have to constantly remind yourself just because the box of the cereal is green and it says healthy and it says low sugar, like it's a trick. You've got to turn it around and look at it. Yeah. And read what the ingredients are. So where did anxiety, I know you, you say you, when you, when we talked before, when you gave me information, you said that you were overweight and that wasn't like, it wasn't like you were 350 pounds. We're, we're not talking about like huge, just that weight that you kind of can't get off that creeps on from college and from kids and you lose some and you get pregnant again. So the weight wasn't like this overwhelming issue. It was kind of a part of it. But what about the anxiety? Well, I think um, as a parent, I had anxiety every day. You know, am I making the right decisions or am I screwing my kids up doing something or um, when I was out and about in social situations. Again, I would have a lot more social anxiety um, about my interactions. I, I think it was, you know, everyday decisions that I, I never really thought, I just struggled with. Like I didn't really know how to make the decisions because I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it, right? Like I was just doing what everyone else was doing, but it felt like it just made me anxious. Thing, Raising kids, I couldn't take them all out because I just got stressed all the time. If I took all three of the kids out by myself. I was anxious about things because somebody was going to have a sugar crash and I had to have all these certain items with me, you know, to deal with it. So I think the anxiety probably had more, became more prevalent as the kids came into my life. Um, but really it had been around. Um, you know, I struggled making decisions in the past and being in social situations. So, I mean, it was always there, just maybe not as on the forefront. But apparently I hit it really well. Well, which is good and not good. Yeah, I mean, we do that, right? I mean. Yeah, we don't want people to see the baggage or see the bad stuff. We yeah. never, because we feel, I think a lot of people feel alone in those struggles, which is why I'm glad I get to talk to people about their struggles because we're certainly not alone in that. No. And I think, I mean, especially in your situation, even, I mean, I'm extroverted and I don't have anxiety, but I have having kids, 
it just puts the playing field is different. Like you yeah. said, for you, you needed your own space. For me, I needed to have an adult conversation when I had little kids. I just felt claustrophobic and I was blessed. to. Well, it's, it's such an interesting, um, cause, cause despite my being introverted, I mean, I, there are times where I feel the same way. I might not need it as much as you do, right. but I still, it can still be very isolating. Um, yeah. and you know, you're like, having those adult conversations is tricky and to have it not interrupted <laughs> <laughs> with a sippy cup or yeah. I mean I just remember thinking could I have a purse that didn't have Cheerios in the bottom of it or yeah. a shirt that wasn't stained or like any please anything give me just yeah. a little concession here yeah. in parenting and because you give up your body you yep. kind of give up your mind you know just something well and I think it's also um I think as I've grown with my changing, you know, how we eat, how we sleep, how we move and finding my way, I'm not going to say that I don't struggle with parenting. Like I still am going to have those struggles, but I think, I don't think we're supposed to suffer the way we suffer. Um, and I think our sense of suffering is a, is a signal of our body saying we aren't getting what we need. And like I, the point I make in the book with, eating well, sleeping well, moving well, and soar on was, you know, you have to have those foundations. And even for your kids to grow um, and, and feel um, comfortable with themselves too, they have to have all of those things also. Or you can't connect with people appropriately. Like you can't find the way to make that connection. And if that connection for soar on, you know, needs to be you sitting in a corner by yourself in a dark room, then you need to do that for a period. You know, like you need to do that or you can't function through that. Or it's, you need to go out for a run with your, your girlfriends and have that interaction. And that's what it is. But you can't even get there if you're sustaining yourself on three hours of sleep, you're not sleeping, and you're drinking coffee all day to stay awake. Like you're never even going to get to that where that's going to be rejuvenating for you if you haven't taken care of just those fundamentals. Right. And Tell me a little bit about the meningitis. So after my second child was born, remember I went to work, I, I went back to work part-time in a physical therapy clinic and I was getting these headaches and I just kept treating it with coffee because I thought, ah, I'm sleep deprived, I've got allergies, I'm just going to keep drinking coffee and I would get lattes from Starbucks and I mean, and then I would start getting them again at 12 and one o'clock. Um, and then I finally started to notice I was having trouble with my vision. Um, and I happen, my dad happens to be a, um, ear, nose and throat surgeon. He's retired now. And I called him and I was like, dad, when I cover my eye, I have trouble here. And like, I remember covering my, eye. I had the two kids in the car and I covered my eye and a car came into my view. It disappeared and then it came back in. So I had a complete blind spot. He's like, you need to go to the ER. I'm like, wow. Okay. Okay. Let's go check this out. Um, and then in the end they ran a bunch of tests, um, and it turns out that I, I had viral meningitis. And fortunately, it was just viral meningitis. And it probably had been from a sinus infection that I'd been fighting. Um, but it was, in my mind, I couldn't fight any of the basic bugs I was being exposed to. Because I was living on sugar, soda, candy, Starbucks, you know. It was just like this vicious cycle. I wasn't, and I was having, we ate tons of pastas and stuff. I mean, I, I didn't, I mean, we had salad too, right? So that yeah. was healthy. On the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but not a single person. I think the thing when I look back at that experience um, is, you know, my husband's a physician, my dad's a physician, not a single person ever once was like, how are you, what are you eating during the day? Like not a single person, because when I walked up to them, nobody thought, I mean, I looked healthy. Right. You know? So, so what was the aha moment? What was the final straw where you were like, I have to, I need to step back and completely revamp things and look at this was, differently. It was after my third child, after my third, when my daughter was born and we had moved to Reno, I was like, you know what? It's time for me to get my act together. Like it's time for me to start doing something for myself. And I started exercising again. I was it. I refused to give up any of my food. Like nobody was going to restrict how much I was going to eat. I was just going to exercise. And a colleague of mine um, had gone paleo. I was like, well, I'm not going on any diet until I research this. And I read, um, the first book I read was Rob Wolf's book. And then I started researching. I started pulling up all this stuff on PubMed. Like I cannot believe this. Seriously, is this really... Because if this is right, then my whole family needs to be on this. This is explains so many of my kids' ailments that they have and chronic ear infections and um, sinus, like all of these things. And so I ripped the Band-Aid off and I threw, I threw all the cereal out, <laughs> got rid of all of the milk, and we just quit everything cold turkey. turkey. And I was like, this is how it's going to be for a while, guys, and I'm going to keep researching it until... I find something that says this isn't the right thing. So how did that work with your husband? And your kids were like two and four then and a baby around yeah. there. Mm -hmm. um, so a two-year-old and a four-year-old really, you can slip a lot past them. But what about your husband? So it was probably, how old was um, Yeah, he, it was probably one, one, four. Oh, well, he, um, you know, he had prompted me at one point like you need to start exercising more because he we met in college and I played basketball so he knew me as a very fit athletic person so he was um supportive in the sense that he came home and I said listen if it's good for me this is good for everybody and you have to understand you're not home because he has a busy practice it was like so you need if you feel like you need to eat your cereal and pasta you have to do it not when you're home <laughs> basically is all I said you can decide to do this or not do this, but when we are home, this is how this is going to go. Because if I have to hold the, if I, if you're doing something different and I'm expecting the kids to do this, like if we're not consistent, it's not going to work. Um, and so he, he drug his feet a little bit, but we just kept talking about it. I just would share this information that I'd find out. And um, then he, everyone started to notice improvements, right? Like he started feeling better. His hip pain was getting better. And he's like, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. So it was hard, and I think, I, I think, um, I think the hardest thing about parenthood, and even especially motherhood, if you're going to be any sort of stay-at-home mom, and even if you're not, is you have to be a leader. Like all of a sudden, it's like you are in this leadership position, whether or not you ever thought you wanted it or not. If you brought kids into the world. Man, they're looking up to you. And it was stepping into that role for me that was hard. And stepping into it with my husband, I was like, listen, if you're going to let me, if you're going to be gone all the time and I'm the one in charge here, then you have to let me be in charge. And this is why I'm doing this. It's not because I don't love you, like I'm trying to be mean. It's just, this is, 
Um, and so then we started working together with it. You know, he, he came around and it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. Cause it's like I deal. said, we're pretty healthy and we decided to go more paleo and it's still a big deal. Yeah. All of those temptations, it doesn't take the temptation of other things away yeah. or how good you felt when you drank the coffee at noon. It doesn't, yeah. none of that's gone. Um, and it, it is hard. It is difficult. So that's interesting that you say that we have to step into the role though and, and ask for support being in that role. Cause that's very absolutely. And that's what I said. I said, I need you to support me because I know if you're not going to be supporting me in this, we're going to be, um, and, and I, I have a lot of clients who have that problem where their husband doesn't want to either relinquish a little bit of the control or, um, relinquish into the role of support. And it's a real challenge. And it's one that continues to be a challenge when I'm working with clients for sure. But you can see the kids struggle and their health struggles with it because, you know, so it's just the key to success in transitioning your family to a healthy lifestyle. The number one thing that predicts that success is the parental support of each other in doing so. Right. And that can be a real challenge. Yeah. I mean, that's what the research demonstrates and that's what I've seen. It's not impossible. And certainly you can do better, you know, the more fruits and vegetables and healthy food you give your kids, the better off they're going to be in the long run, you know, despite not being more perfect. But um, I think the thing that also surprised me is he got on board, but man, I had a lot of conversations with my kids about this. I mean, they were young, but um, my oldest, I think he was in, um, he was first grade at the time. I mean, they, they knew what was going on. Right. I mean, and I would talk to them. I'm like, hey, I didn't know that this was causing us the trouble health-wise, but this is why we're eating this way now. And they'd have questions, and, and that's the other thing, communicating with the kids, even as they get older, and continuing to have the communication about it. Like, why are you choosing, making that choice? Like, my daughter is in first grade now. The teacher just told me that um, they had somebody's birthday celebration, and she has her own special treats. Um, but she really wants to fit in and do what everyone, what everyone else is doing more so than my boys for whatever reason. And we had to have that conversation. Like, listen, I understand you want to feel included. This is how we're going to include without you getting sick. That one's tough, that peer pressure mm -hmm. and just the availability. I mean, if you've ever looked at the school lunches or the vending machines as kids get older, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get better. And it gets different. I mean, your, your battle different. is a little bit different, but I think, I think the more support you can have at home though, for making those healthy choices in the conversations, I, I mean, time will tell for me, time yeah. will tell, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy with how as um, my older son is continues to grow and be exposed to different things. Like it doesn't bother him. He's like, you know what? No, that's not, I'm okay, but we can go play basketball over here. Like that's right. cool. Well, and if kids, I mean, it's not, it's akin to if you have an allergy and you just can't eat something. Yep. I understand that's a reason. You can say, well, I'm allergic to peanuts, so I can't yep. eat anything with peanuts. And everybody says, oh, okay. But saying, I'm just not going to choose to because I don't want to. There seems to be more peer pressure involved with that. And um, yeah, it is, it's just, it is, it's a, it's a constant not battle because it's not an argument. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a constant battle. But my hope is that with the book too, that um, 
you break it down to simple strategies, even for the kids. Um, and, and I've seen some of my um, older kids, like their friends who are, their families are trying to eat better too. And they're like, yeah, we want to eat like Keenan eats. Because they see he's happy kid. He's doing well in school and people like being around him. And he's, you know, it's not like um, they see those things and then they try to transition to their own lives. But um, we, we as parents, I think, can do a lot better with it. Like we, there's, there's a lot we can work on. And it's okay to mess up once in a while, but then you, you pick yourself back up. You know, it's that balancing. All right, I'm going to hop back on this train and yeah, I'm going to throw the soda away today. We, right. We're not going to have it in the house. All right, I can't prevent you from doing it, but. Right. And yeah, and we do it. We can't beat ourselves up about those backslides a little bit, but I think the healthier you eat, um, on a regular, when you're consistent about it, when you think that soda is really good because you, you have this memory, right, of the comfort or how it felt, and the reality is not generally the same. Once you're consistent at eating healthy, you have that soda and you think, oh my gosh, that was not like I remember it. And it yeah. doesn't, you feel, and then at 9.05, you do actually get the belly ache. I mean, your, yep. your body will start to kick that out and reject it pretty quickly. And I, that's always a great moment when that happens and kids or partners or whoever figure it out. Like that made me feel horrible instantly. I'm bloated. I'm gassy. I'm miserable. I'm nauseous. Mm -hmm. Good. You should be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what things did you, like, I know you're always, you're an introvert and eating different is not going to make you an introvert or love social situations. There's things yeah. that are innately not going to change through diet, unfortunately. Yep. But what stuff did, because you had this, this postpartum depression, you had these, these symptoms and these issues and the weight and the fatigue. What's the first thing? How did, what was the progression in eating healthy that you saw those things disappear? Well, I certainly saw my energy levels skyrocket relative to where I had been. Um, my sleep dramatically improved. I felt, um, you know, I went to sleep when I was tired and I woke up feeling rested. Um, and my moods, um, were more stable. Um, I wasn't always short to yell at my kids so quickly. You know, it just seemed like I had this um, more, just more, um, I, I still got angry at certain things and I still felt joy. Like it, it was interesting. I'd had a conversation with a friend of mine as I was going through this. Like there are certain things I'm noticing that are actually bringing me joy. Like, when was that, when did that ever happen that I can remember last? Like there's a sense of joy and peace with things that either my daughter would say, or like watching the kids interact somehow, suddenly I felt like this joyfulness. Um, and I'm not going to say I wouldn't get sad or angry, but I felt like all of a sudden I could feel that emotion, put a name to it, understand why it was there. And like, then I was like, okay, this is okay. I didn't feel like I needed like, I'm tired because I need to sleep, right? Like not, I'm tired, I need to go get coffee. It just, it was just shift. But, you know, and then, yeah, the, absolutely. From a measurement point of view, like I could measure my weight. I could go up there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I lost 10 pounds in a week. That's so weird. <laughs> and I've been eating a ton of food. Right. Um, so that was, that was cool. And I just felt um, more clear headed. Um, and oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, it happened pretty quickly. And, um, you know, the other stuff like the muscle aches and the weight loss that that sort of continued for a while until I plateaued, but the, 
all of a sudden I started paying attention to the kids and some of the weird stuff was, I was like, wow, we're not having the same mood behavior problems. We're not having the same battles with certain belly aches that my middle son was having before going to school and just stuff that I didn't think I thought was normal. Right. Because it was your normal. Yeah. Right. Started And like you said, the introversion, um, I think eating better and taking care of myself was this allowed me to explore that and, and learn more about that, about myself. Emotionally about yourself. Emotionally. Like yeah. You are, how you yep. feel. And you know that that's okay. We all should be different. There's no box we need to fit in. There shouldn't even be a box. Yep. And it's okay that I'm super extroverted and you're super introverted. That doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter. Well, but being able to identify that in yourself also helps you identify it when you see it in your children and they're trying to understand certain things. Because my kids are not all introverted kids. No. Nope. You know, but we are all a balance of introversion and extroversion, right? But my oldest, yeah. he is much, maybe more like me on the introverted scale. But my other two are very extroverted and they're very socially driven. How do I let them explore that and like learn how to deal with that, but also learn how to be by themselves. Anyways, it's, it's been a fascinating, um, but it all started with, I started exercising and then I changed how I ate. And then all of a sudden I started just exploring what else do I need to do and why is this working and why does it work for my patients and their symptoms? I mean, I share a case study in the book, this gal, I think she had had breast cancer. I have to look at the details, but she had breast cancer and then she'd had these infections. And so she had all, she'd been hospitalized and almost died. I mean, and she had these weird symptoms. <clears throat> so she came to rehab and um, like she had this double vision. And I was like, well, I, I don't fix double vision as a physical <laughs> therapist. I said, but we can retrain your body to like learn how to be balanced with it, I guess. And she had called, but she had been celiac. And she had changed her diet. And I said, stick with it. And this is why. She called back like three months later. We had discharged her. And she's like, oh my gosh. It was like I, um, I was at the movies with my daughter. And all of a sudden the curtain went up. And all of a sudden her double vision, dawn. Why? Why? Because she was probably on an anti-inflammatory diet, eating whole foods-based nutrition, giving her body what it needed for just long enough that her body could finally start to heal itself. And I just thought that was so profound. It gives me chills. I mean, it was so profound. It gives me chills too. Yeah. And it's so <clears throat> true. It's so true. And I think until, like you said, she had celiac. So you are forced. You're forced to eat differently because you can no longer tolerate. And until someone is forced and does things. Yeah, but she was celiac before she got sick. Okay. This, I, when she, after I'd worked with her, I was like, but you just need to keep eating whole foods. That's the thing. Like, keep it simple. Right. Don't buy things because you can be celiac and buy gluten free pastas and eating that sort uh. of stuff. And you maybe aren't getting sicker, but you're not getting better, right? Because you're not giving yourself nutrients that you need. And that was the thing I said to her. I said, just keep eating whole foods based. Don't buy the box of the gluten free, this, that, or the other thing. Stay naturally gluten-free, but in whole form, and your body will continue to do what it needs to do. And that's the difference, because people, a lot of people are forced into it, and you're lucky if you have that test, because then you can be like, no, I have to do this. Um, but it's hard. It's hard. Oh, it's hard no matter what. I mean, nothing makes it easy. It's until, it, until it's not hard anymore. Well, and that's where we're at. I mean, it's not really hard for us. I mean, we, we make enough good decisions on a very regular basis that when we fall off, 
we fall off by choice. Okay, we're going to have a little bit of that birthday cake, but we're going to have a little bit and we know that this might happen, but it's worth it, right? Like, right. we know that our body can handle it in the state that we're in. Um, but, you know, we're not perfect, but we specifically choose now when we're falling off. You know, our friend brews homebrew beer, not usually a big beer drinker. And normally I don't, I, we stay clear of gluten. I'll tell you what, I'll have one of his beers and I'm going to enjoy it. Yep. <laughs> but I'm going to have one. I'm not going to have five. Oh, okay. So, well, but, yeah. So it's, and it is, it, I mean, I think everything in moderation, you can over, everything, everything has to be in moderation. There's no one thing. I'm like you said, you started with exercise and then eating better and then sleeping better. And then it's a lot of things kind of all skipping and holding hands together that end up helping. And when people are on these big weight loss journeys, the first thing they do is they start walking mm -hmm. and they'll start losing weight. And then they think, huh, well, that's working. I'll keep doing that. What if I tweak my diet? And that progression is very similar to a lot of people. And well, and in the book, I talk about how as you start to exercise, um, it stimulates the formation of new neurons in your brain. So you like get smarter, right? <laughs> Thank God. So I get to, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but then like moms who um, are trying to kill themselves to get to some sort of bikini body and they're starving themselves and they're drinking shakes and they're working out six days a week. And I'm like, no, you, we don't have to work that hard. That's what I'm saying. Like, the hardest part is making the consistent healthy decision, but it doesn't mean we need to beat ourselves up to get there. Smarter, not harder. Absolutely. It's smarter, not harder. And I keep telling people, no, you don't understand how lazy I am. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep all the time. <laughs> I work out hard like a couple times a week, like no big deal. Yes, I am in the kitchen a lot more than I ever used to be. Right. Um, that, that is something that I emotionally struggle with because that's not um, how... I watched my mom, you know, we're, you know, how we were raised too. And, you know, our moms were working, doing it all. And then yeah. we just continued down those paths. I'm like, well, we can slow down a little bit. I think in that, if we think, yes, that's right. I had a mom who was a single mom who was doing it all, but she wasn't doing anything very well. And you don't want to put down your parent for screwing up because you know how I know how hard it is to be a parent, right? So yep. how, how could I judge it? But that's the part that I want to do better. Yeah. yeah, I can do a lot, but I shouldn't be doing it not well. And so that's finding that and that's some of that's picking your battles. Well, it is absolutely picking and prioritizing. Mm -hmm. That's a huge piece. And, you know, we prioritize how we vacation now based on are we going to be able to find food that we can eat for that time? I mean, it's, it's, it takes a little bit of more thinking, but yeah, we need to be able to have the opportunity to make some of our own food, even while we're on vacation. Like where's the nearest grocery store? You know, where are we going to stop? Because we don't eat fast food anymore. Let's just, right. or if we do, it's specific. Um, so you do have to think about those things, but I tell you what, our, our family vacations are much more pleasant now. Yeah. We're no. enjoying each other's company. Nobody's having fits because they're, you know, high on sugar. Right. So, um, in so many ways, people, I'm, I try to break it down in the book, you know, I, and part of it is my, I want my kids to know, I know I'm going to screw up somewhere, I'm going to make a mistake, but you will not be able to say that she didn't try her damn hardest. Right. Do the best that she could. Right. Um, and 
there's so much information out there. And so that really, you know, we talk about how I struggled and even after having kids, but it's the kids that pulled me out, right? It's, I wanted to be the best for them that I could be. I recently wrote a blog about, you know, how to um, transition kids to whole foods in three steps. And I talk about the most important step in becoming healthier, both for yourself and for your family is to admit you made a mistake. Ah. To admit you made a mistake is the biggest step. And that's where I think what determines how my husband and I were able to be successful is we were able to say, look, we screwed up. We've been feeding you sugar cereal all this time and we didn't think it mattered. Apparently it matters. So we're not going to do it anymore. Right. And I'm sorry. And then you learn, you have to be willing to learn about it. Once you admit you learn about it and then to be quite honest, you fake it until you become it. Right. Like, (sighs) Yeah, I'm going to learn these skills. I don't know how to cook, but I'm going to keep faking it until it turns into something, you know? <laughs> like, and the crock pot becomes your friend. Right? <laughs> oh, and then you make a mistake and then you do it all over again, right? You keep repeating those same three steps, but it's critical to be able to say, listen, I screwed up. Right. Sorry. I didn't mean to. Now that I know better, I'm going to try to do better. And, and in trying, I mean, <laughs> I've made things that were really horrible. So yep. just because it's a paleo recipe doesn't mean we're going to like it. No, uh, we've, exactly. <laughs> we've sat at the table and I'm like, I'd like to start dinner off by apologizing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and letting you know there are leftovers in the fridge, but I did pay for it and cook it. So yep. let's, <laughs> try, let's try and see if we can make it like choke it down. And we've done that before. And then we realized, you know what? Just grilling out the steak with a little salt and pepper, and it does not need to be fancy. Yeah. And we're going to bake some sweet potatoes and have a green salad, and this is going to be, like, we know we're going to enjoy it, and that's it. Right. It's not complicated. It, it's not. And actually, when I started searching, when we were, when we were really making the switch to go more paleo, <laughs> I was searching recipes and like I, my Pinterest brain was exploding. I just couldn't, it was just too much. I don't yeah. have that much time or effort or I'm going to eat sugar cereal over this. And then I, if you just put in easy paleo recipes, yeah. <laughs> whole different world there. But yeah. I mean, we, we do make things more difficult than they are. And that's true. And that includes food and, and I'm, I'm, I'll admit overthinking. So through this time and through this adjustment, and then it changed what you did for work too, because now how difficult was it to implement the nutrition side of things into the physical therapy side of things with your patients? Was that difficult at all? Um, Some people were very open to it. Um, And then some people looked at me like I had a third eyeball and I had um, a handful of patients who didn't come back when I asked them that question when I said, you know, your inflammatory process is indicated by your diet. And from a mechanical perspective, we're not going to be able to understand your mechanical problem until you get this um, on board. Um, But I I left in part because it was me trying, I left the hospital system primarily because I was writing a section of a chapter of a book in musculoskeletal rehab that my colleague and I wrote and it's now published. Um, And I needed that time, you know, in order for me to keep, raising my kids in this manner, um, I needed to find the time somewhere. So that's originally why I left the clinical. Um, But because I'm an allopathic trained person and something that's covered by insurance, all of a sudden I'm not taking insurance. I'm taking a very integrative, holistic approach to your painful condition. Um, There's a lot more marketing required involved in that. 
people are much more, um, some people are very open to paying out of pocket and some people weren't, you know, so I ran into that or like I'd have, you know, you'd really benefit from this multivitamin and people are like, well, I'm not paying out of pocket for anything. Um, so I just stepped back and I was doing my degree at the same time. And I think I'm shifting um, to a, <clears throat> my business practice to be more of a coaching practice focused on helping parents transition to healthier lifestyle styles and transitioning their families. So focusing on parents and hitting those four principles that I discussed in my book, you know, that it's diet, it's exercise, it's sleep, and then it's finding that connection and purpose in your life, whatever that is to soar and working on a way to bring that, bring that to more parents. Because in the end, the kids are where I want to be, right? Yeah. But the, yeah. I, I, my kids are doing well because my husband and I are on the same page, but that we're doing, we're consistent with it, right? And even if you're not married, I mean, if you're a single parent, you do the best you can, but the kids are going to follow suit what, our, what their parents are doing, yeah. more likely than, you know, me just trying. And, and so that's where I'm at right now. And then from a physical therapy perspective, um, I'll see where that goes. I of course think that's excellent. And then again, you can be found on renostore.com and I have that up on my browser. I always stock my podcast interviews as much as I can. Where can we get the book? It's called soar into health. Um, you can go to uh, renostore.com. And there's a link to begin reading and it hooks you up to the Amazon account, but it is on Amazon for on the Kindle um, paperback and hardback. Um, so you can get it either through my website or amazon.com. Thank you so much, Carolyn. I really appreciate you sharing everything with me today. And And congratulations on your book, by the way. I'm looking forward to that. How's that going? Uh, Great. Uh, Having a book is like having a baby. Yeah. (laughs) Very cathartic, isn't it? It's cathartic. It's emotional. It's, I mean, it's all the things that, you know, having kids is, and then it's, you want to, you want to do it well and you want to help someone. I mean, I think your book is very similar to mine in that you want to take your experience and pay it forward to someone else. And if it can just make a difference to someone else and how they do things and answer questions and not feel alone, then, then it was worth doing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yes, well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening in to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Like, share, and of course, comment. I welcome input with attitude. Get a copy of my book on Amazon, Hello, My Name is Warrior Princess, or check out my website, jentaylor.net. And if you still want more, sign up for one of my coaching packages.